Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back. Another edition of Movie Maniacs, the last edition of Movie Maniacs in the month of February. Mike Rags with Chuck Curry here. Lots to do. Uh, later on in the show, Ron Howard celebrates his 66th birthday on Monday. Chuck and I are going to look back at the uh, director's career and actor. He did uh, act a little bit, of course, Opie and Richie. And we'll talk about his career and uh, it's come a long way. And he's kind of at an, a turning point in his career. And we wonder what's going to happen next with Ron Howard uh, and uh, some new movies. Uh, I got a chance to see a couple movies this week, along with uh, going to the movie theater the first time at an AMC theater in uh, since Tenet, which Chuck, uh, we bring you in here. That's that's quite a time. That's about five months ago. I saw Tenet in the theaters and uh, my experience I'll talk about in a bit. I got to see Tom and Jerry in theaters, a matinee show. I'll let you know what's all about. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. So I, I would say uh, to expand on what you said, I, I guess in the last five or six months, it's certainly been uh, an interesting ride indeed. Really, it's been a year actually since COVID. Uh, but the last, you know, where this has escalated, where we think it's going to go. But I got to tell you, before you talk about Tom and Jerry, I just look at the box office numbers. It's projected to do $12.5 million, which will be the second highest opening weekend beside Wonder Woman 1984 pre pandemic and i gotta tell you mike that is a very 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 encouraging number going day to day with hbo max i could see a vision i can see it now i'm serious yeah they i just heard a report today that by the end of march you're talking about four and a half million americans will get be getting vaccinated i could see by july a lot a lot of decent amount of people are going to put their more than their big toe back and go into movie theaters i, I see it and now i see it and I think production companies are going to be encouraged by the uh, by the that number. It's considering a good number. It, it's uh, it's released the same time as HBO Max, which, you know, you can just watch it at home. And that's I a family movie. It. And I will tell you this. Um, yeah, I saw it today on this Saturday. We have uh-huh. 50 degree weather here. Sunshine. So first yeah. nice day really in a while on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And the theater is 40 percent capacity. I got to tell you, Chuck. I think they sold out the theater as far as 40% capacity okay. people coming in last minute, not being able to find a seat, you know, where did you, where did you sit in the uh, overall scope of the theater? Uh, I sit, I sat about six, seven miles rows up uh, stadium seating, usually where I normally sit. Now, uh, who is the closest person? You my daughter, know? my daughter. And then I had a couple no, of young no, girls. I'm, I'm talking about people who you didn't know. How close did they sit to you? They were two seats down to my right. But the, the, the row behind and the row in front did not have anybody in it. They, they anybody wear off. a mask? You, everybody wore a mask? Everybody. Well, no, I, I, I wish I could say everybody wore a mask, but not everybody wore a mask. Okay. How did you um, feel? Felt fine. I will All say right. this: if that's Get the movie, I, if that's the movie I catch COVID for, I'm not going to be too happy about. It. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, I felt expand. fine. I was comfortable there. We didn't get any concessions. We we. Uh, what was we the concession line and, like? You know, a lot of plexiglass, a lot of spaced out people. People were look. If you didn't know there was COVID, you would have thought it was an average Saturday afternoon at the theater that people wanted to see a kid's movie that is out. I mean, um, I wonder if there was no restrictions, how much money the movie would have made at this point in time, because I think people wanted to get out. They want to bring their kids to the movie theaters. We had a choice. I get it. We had a choice. Bella wanted to go to the movies. So we went to the movies. So um, 
I'm not. I didn't re-up my AMC stubs, but I went to the movie theaters. I think it's a step in the right direction. And Good I was pleasantly surprised about the twelve and a half million dollars. Um, now, I don't know if that's going to translate into Nomadland making a lot of money or no, all other- it's not going to. But I will say this. This movie doesn't deserve the twelve and a half million. Tell me about <laughs> it. Let's talk. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, look, no, I, I just want to say I watched not- most. I watched most of it on HBO Max. So go ahead. I am not the target demographic, and mm-hmm. I will say that. And watching that. the movie, we're both fans of Chloe Getz and and Michael Pena. Why they're either one of them are in this film is beyond me. There's zero laughs. Um, in fact, there was a little old lady laughing at the movie. I got more enjoyment out of her laughing at inane props and stunts than I did at the movie. Uh, I'm a Tom and Jerry fan. Got to be honest with you, even Tom and Jerry fans are scratch their heads at what's going on in this film. There's not there's not a lot of uh, cartoon violence in it that is acceptable for adults to watch. I, I just I don't know, Chuck. You know what the best part was watching New York City? I, I yeah. got enjoyment out of looking at New York City and what it was like and what it could yeah. be like again. So on a scale of one to ten, ah, three or three and a half, maybe Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it's interesting because I watched it on HBO Max. Um from the opening credits, I knew I knew I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Like when the credits, it was something about it. It's like, ah, oh, I'm just it didn't feel well, when you have a pigeon, when you have an animated pigeon rapping over the opening. Yeah. Credits, you're in bad shape. And, and you know, it's interesting, like when, when and Tim's story directed it and, you know, he does a lot of mediocre work. The Fantastic Four, those two Fantastic Four movies. Just movies you know, yeah. They're not bad. They're not bad. They're not good. Right. Yeah. And this is not good. It's closer to bad than. You somewhere know, in, in between. And I'm watching it, too. And I'm thinking and when you myself, make Michael Pena, like if you give if you never saw and Michael, Pena, if this was one of the worst first works of Michael Pena's career, you would have no idea the talent this guy has what he did in the Ant-Man movies. Right. You'd have, even, you have no idea. I, I even enjoyed him in the schlock of Fant- Fantasy Island. I thought he was decent as Mr. Rourke. He's and, always good. He's always good. He always adds a touch he of uh, comedy, good drama. It's hey. like that was a good. That's that's what you call it. That is a paycheck. Paycheck. Oh yeah, big time. And, and here's you know another thing: when, when the actors are acting, you could you can tell they're they're working off a blue screen, a yeah. green screen. Yeah, right. They're acting because they're you know Tommy. But it's so it's so obvious, like ah. And he was good. We actually watched Dora the Explorer, the live action of that, and he's yeah. dad in that. He that's actually very passable family entertainment. That's actually a good movie. That make you know that has fun in it. That these nobody in that movie seems like they're having fun in it. And Chloe gets. I mean, they got her doing face uh, contortions and she's yeah. snorting and she's doing she's really I think, I think, she, I think and, she was cast for her eyes. No. Yeah. I mean, she's she very, could, like she has those interesting eyes. You could almost cross them. Yeah. Yeah. It, look, it, and you you were complaining that she's in this movie. I got to question her agent, Chuck, she, since kick ass. She really isn't getting any roles that. Well, I mean, listen, I, uh, let me in that horror movie that with the remake of that vampire movie. I thought that was an awesome film. She's really good in it. I thought she did really good work in a support major supporting role in the Equalizer. I mean, I, it, it's, and what was know, my response to both of those? Yeah, those yeah that was 10, ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah, a long time ago. I guess it was longer than I thought. She's not getting the um, the mid twenties romantic comedy role. No, that, that, I agree with that. She's that, not, like, nobody's gonna. I guess nobody's gonna say a. Emma Stone uh, hand over the right, script, right? Right, right. Um, and it's disappointing because she had a lot of promise as a young kick ass, and even well, on we'll Thirty see, Rock, she was very good. 
maybe she could turn it around. But the, this is not this. You know, I get what you're trying to do. You just want eyes on you. Right. So you go in this movie. People are going to see you. And well, you got to, you know, listen, if you live in a nice if you live in a nice, um, you know, duplex in L.A., you got to pay the mortgage. Right. True. Um, oh, she, I mean, her agent says, hey, they're going to I don't know what she made it. Let's well, just say they gave her three, three or four million. I don't know if you saw it, too, it. Earlier, earlier this year. She released a little scene World War Two horror movies. She's in as yeah, well. I heard about that too. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it makes you question. I was more disappointed in Michael Pena because uh, he he's he's really flat in this movie. He is flat. The movie's no, flat. He's doing, he's doing you know, the whole movie's flat. There's no it's sense. I'm surprised. Tim Story churns out some flat movies. Yeah, this. I did get a chance to see Nomadland, though, Chuck, and yeah, I, 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 I was really impressed by this. You Tell know, me what it's about. Go ahead. It's about a small town that uh, is only uh, a town because it has this uh, kind of like a um, uh, industry in it that, you know, uh, Empire is the name of the town. Okay. It gets shut down because the industry in the in the building in the in the town gets shut down and she becomes basically a nomad. She goes to this uh, this uh, middle of the nowhere uh, retreat where people that don't want to live uh, under a ha- under a roof, they all congregate. And she's just trying to live life day by day. She meets David Strathairn, who's very good in this film, too. Um, and she meets the just be these nomad people that don't want to live in the normal society. And she, really? it's really uh, she's God. She's so good in this movie, too. She's Francis McDormand. I'm talking about she's so right. good in this movie. Um, and, it, you know, you watch it and you know that there is a society that is How's it pacing. Like it's good. It's very well paced. It's it very okay. you know, it's low budget. It, it's bare minimum. But it's got a really good story and a couple of characters in this film that you really want to pull through and figure out where they're going to go here and why they reject um, you know, what's going on in normal society. Is, it a, is it a very adult oriented yes. movie? Very adult oriented. Yeah. All right. But it, I think it's a. I think what I liked about it, too, it, it just shows you a lot of where our society, you know, if we stripped away all the, the BS and everything that we we live through, we probably would be a much loving and a much uh, more relaxed society. So did you feel it was an original concept? I think, no, I think this is actually happening. I think this is uh, th- this is based on true, true events um, okay. that people are living this way. Um, and, uh, and it's good to see David Strathairn in another role again. We were just talking about him a couple of weeks ago. I also saw a busy week, Chuck. I also saw, I care a lot um, with uh, Roseman Pike on Netflix now. Okay. What do you she's think? She's a uh, scam artist for uh, she she scams the wrong uh, elderly person, Diane Weist, in this movie, who actually ends up being the daughter of a of a uh, drug lord played by Peter Linkage. The, the hour of this movie is fantastic. All three leads are good here. The movie has a problem with not determining who they're going to make the hero and who you're supposed to be rooting for. And the last half hour just totally disintegrates into nothing and really? uh, just basic slock. She's she's very attractive and very good in it. But uh, I mean, I would recommend it if only to warn people who have elderly in their life of how they can get shisted out of losing everything that they have and being uh, awarded to uh, a person watching all over all over their estate and what could happen. That part of the movie is very um, interesting to me. And um, and it just goes off the rails a bit and it just doesn't know what it wants to be the last half of movie, half hour of the movie. But Diane Weist, Peter Linkage and uh, and uh, Roseman Pike are really good in it. So, uh, you know, a, a half so, uh, a half recommendation uh, beside that movie. Go, go back to No Man's Land. Francis, Francis McDormand or uh, Carrie Mulligan for uh, 
I didn't see Kerry Mulligan yet. I'm interested to see the between oh, okay. two. Okay. So once Probably I see that, because uh, I think those two are the odds on yeah. favorite for the possibility of best actress. This is as good as she's been, and she's been good in pretty much ever. I mean, she's better in this than she is with the Billboards movie. Wow. I, I thought Billboards was a tad bit overrated her performance in that movie. This one's dead on to me. Um, so I, I really enjoyed her in this, uh, and, and uh, I enjoyed the movie a lot too. Very okay. simple movie. Uh, Chuck, a lot of movie news came down the pike, too, um, this past week. And one of them being uh, the big Paramount Plus news about the you talk about this because I know, you know, it just goes to show what theaters are having to go through now and what the transition they're going to have to make. But Mission Impossible 7 and Quiet Place 2 are going to stream 45 days after a theatrical release. I want to hear what you think and I'll let you know what I think. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt the box office that much psychologically though will people say ah i could wait 45 days to watch this at home so i won't go to theater there's going to be a slight erosion there but having said that i do think i really do think there's so much of a pent-up demand for people that want to go out i mean let's be honest what do you do the average american citizen i'm talking i'm I'm talking the average one right you go out to dinner you go in the summer you go to amusement park you go to a fair you walk down the block you go to a movie, a movie, going to a movie is part of Americana. I mean, it is a huge thing that people do. I mean, movies wouldn't make a hundred, you know, some a blockbuster wouldn't make a hundred million dollars in its opening weekend if a lot of people weren't going to the movies. Right. So yeah. I think I do think I don't think it's really going to hurt the industry. It sort of is what it is. This is where things have played out. This is where obviously the studios wanted it. Maybe not necessarily the theaters. I would say like in hindsight, like thinking with clarity. If you look at the multiplexes and you got 12 screens, yeah, they do need some of these movies to hang on, you know, for a couple months, because what are you going to play on screen 10, 11 and 12? But how many people are going to see Mission Impossible? Not a lot. I mean, I'm I'm assuming this after 45 days, they'll sort of do a day to day. Right. Yeah. I I actually think this is a fair compromise. Yeah, I think it is. It's not it's not going to hurt the industry. I I don't don't, think so either. If you told me 20 days, that's a different animal. 45 days i I actually think it i think it helps the industry because to me personally i'll go see mission impossible 7 the first day and Mm -hmm. then 45 days later i'll be watching it streaming it again yeah i get it i mean it's not like jaws it's not like you know it's not like movies play in theaters for two years right i mean the the last time we've seen an aberration where a movie played week after week after week number one was titanic back in 19 uh 1997 you don't see that anymore. I mean, even the biggest ones, they play themselves out pretty quickly. Really, after four weeks, it's and like, I yeah, often, who and hasn't Chuck, seen I, it. I often wondered why we always had to wait so long to get the movie after it was in theaters. You know, uh, you, you would always have to wait. I mean, you wait a year for your HBO. Yeah, it was you know, a year. Once, you know, I remember I, you know, I used to when you'd stay at a hotel, you know, you'd get like maybe four or five months after the movie was released. The hotel would have it right. pay per view there. Yeah. Um, so. I just it never made any sense to me to hold these movies back. Um, I guess they just want the demand to be higher um, in in a year instead of 45 days. I I actually think this is this is a good step in the right direction to get more movies, more eyes on them. If you can't, I don't you know, I was giving this a lot of thought before we went on. I really think people are going to go back to movies in droves. They are going to want to go back to the movies. Well, good. My AMC stock will, will perform well though. Now I will question what Paramount plus is doing as far as putting product out, because I did see a slate of what they plan on doing. Chuck. Now Paramount plus is, is it's CBS. CBS. 
all access, right? Yes. Yeah. It's morphing into Paramount Plus. Correct. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have most of the Paramount library. That's their forte, right? Like, yeah. Yep. You'll have Grease what? and you'll have Untouchables, movies like that. that They're also planning TV series based on. I know, I saw movies. that. You got Pet Cemetery. Really? Uh, Fatal Attraction. Well, I can't wait to watch Fatal Attraction. Weekly. I mean, what? I, that doesn't make any sense to me. The Italian Job. Um, Maybe, okay. Flash Dance is another one. And, and the Parallax View, which I love the uh, Warren Beatty movie, but. Uh-huh. I'm not sure why they would even call it the parallax view. I don't know if anybody's been like, oh, my God, they redid this. I can't wait to see it. Um, right. Just, you know, have I, I don't get it. But those are that's some of the lineup they're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish them well. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've got to set my limits. I'm not rushing out to get Paramount Plus anytime soon. Chuck. Me neither. But I said that about the other streams and, and I ended up getting them a little earlier than I thought. Uh, do you have CBS All Access? I do not. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I might have had a trial run. When it first came out. No, I but, do not. Um, I do. I have Apple Plus, Hulu, pa- yeah. uh, Prime, HBO Max, Netflix. I mean, where am I? I mean, how, where, how much? How many hours do I have in a day? Plus, baseball is about to start up. So a lot of these movies are going to go by the wayside. Another big uh, story was the Superman reboot with J.J. Abrams. Um, Let's with talk Todd about Nahisi, that. Todd Nahisi Coates is going to write it. He's going to produce it. And it looks like Michael B. Jordan might be Superman. Chuck, I, look. I understand. I don't even know where to go with this. I think this is the worst idea I've heard in a really, really long. Well, you know, time. it's interesting. Before we went on, I was reading that Ray Fisher, who was cyborg in the Justice League in all of Ruhaha with Josh Whedon and Warner Brothers, he sent out a tweet accusing Warner Brothers of hiring these writers of Black Panther to pacify that whole situation. And yeah. they responded immediately. Listen, here's the interesting part. Let's just say hypothetically, they cast a black actor as Superman. Right. Obviously, I'm going to watch the film. Sure. I'll have an interest in the film. Sure. But the question is why? Why? The question is why would they do it? It's right. An, it's an overcorrection of thousands of years of, of of a problem that we've had in this country and in this world. That that listen, Hollywood's not solving. Making Superman is not going to make someone less racist chuck with a black uh, actor I, in it and, I agree with I, that. and they think it does and that's what bothers me they think that they're over they overwoke their society hollywood has we've seen it a number of years whether it's lgbtqt blacks anything any uh, person of color they overdo it um to make themselves feel better where in reality most of their audience does not want to see this. Most of their audience is not racist. They don't need to see a black Superman to understand that there's problems in this country. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I could live with a black James Bond. That makes a little more sense to me. But this is more, I would agree. This is more of an iconic. Uh, I just, you know, I just I mean, listen, I don't want to go. In, I don't want to go in a hole. I don't want to. I don't want to. I understand. It's a very complex issue, a lot of complexity in a, in a, in a, in our world. There's yes. no doubt. But would you cast a white actor as Shaft? The answer is no. No, you wouldn't. Right? No, I it mean, wouldn't make any sense no. to do that. Right. right. I mean, if you took a generic character, like I talked about on this program many times, you know, Reverend Scott in the Poseidon Adventure, I always said Denzel Washington would have made an awesome Reverend Scott. Absolutely. Right? An awesome Reverend Scott because the character – is not was not originated in any race, creed, or color. 
right? To me, this so is at that what... point, that's any anybody you cast is completely fine in most roles. Certain roles, it's a different animal. Well, look no. at Hollywood is history of doing this. Can't yeah. buy me love about last night. The honeymooners that just I think it's more insulting to do things like that than to actually come up with an original and do what the what, um, you know, what Medea and all those movies and they're like coming to America. I mean, you can make original conceptual movies without bastardizing a, a, a film just so you could say, hey, we're woke and we're doing something right here to give uh, uh, black people more roles, more diversity. It just doesn't make any sense. OK, Jack. like, uh, let me ask you another question in, in the uh, in the Flashpoint movie that they're going to do. Warner yeah. Brothers, the director of um, it uh, has cast uh, a Latina actor is, is Supergirl. Right. Thoughts on that? Again, I, it does, I don't care. I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I, again, I just don't understand the point. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't get it. Um, the question. I, I, I guess the question, and it's an honest question, is 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 wh wh why? Like, what's the re I just. What is the reasoning behind it? I, I guess. They I mean, want I'm not asking you. I would ask them. I, I it's guess an, they it's want, an honest question. Yeah, it is an honest question. I yeah. think they just want to reflect and give more diverse roles. Exactly. To, uh, uh, women of color and that's fine i get that but make a movie about too. a woman of color doesn't have to be supergirl yeah I, look you know if I it definitely is, it's an interesting subject it's it an is and and i and i want us to openly talk about it because why not well and you know it doesn't bother me that you know zendaya is in the spider-man movies and they they changed the gender the uh the race of all. that character I, but, I agree you know um uh, super, by the way, Spider-Man 3 did get an official title after months of teasing. Um, no Way Home. Yeah, I like the way they did that. That They, they did that teaser. It was yeah. good. Yeah. So No Way Home coming to a theater. They say Christmas, Chuck. I, I know. I, I think it's going to happen. I, it's going to happen. I'm telling Mike, Christmas is going to Christmas is going to be the real deal. This is Chuck. Is this is as uh, upbeat as you've been about going I, the, the reason I said that? The reason I say it is because the numbers the numbers are there now. I, there's real science. I believe when they say four or four and a half million people will be vaccinated a day by the end of March, you're talking 120 million people a month. You're talking in three months. The whole country, if they want a vaccine, if I mean obviously certain people will choose no, but I do. I do. My gut feeling says 70 percent of the country will vaccinate. Yeah. Yeah, that, so well, I, and, and here's and here's the thing. I mean, we're we're big boys, we're adults, right? If you choose not to get a vaccination, you choose not to. That's that's on you. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. If you if you get COVID and something serious happens, we 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 have to make a choice. We have to make a choice here: jump in the pool or not. Right. That's right. Based that's right. based on our own gut feeling, reading, science, Chuck education. It's just like everything. Else. It's just going to be another thing you can die of. And here is medicine where if you take it, you'll have a much less chance of dying. Exactly. You know, and some people will. I think the people will feel like, you know what? I'm strong. I'm healthy. I think the majority will buy. Buy. I mean, because, again, I don't want to talk too much science, but the question would be for me, am I taking more of a risk not getting the vaccine or getting the vaccine? Right. That's the right. question. And everybody individually needs to answer that question. Right. Absolutely, Chuck. Absolutely. Um, any other movie news outside of, uh, by the way, one of the things Paramount Plus is doing is a, a reboot of Frasier. Um, we're going to see yeah, that. I again. saw that. Um, I, I like this. I think some of the stuff is really cool to bring back 
they're going to bring back Kelsey Grammer, correct? Yeah, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this stuff. I like it a lot. I, one thing I just want to point out, I, I saw a teaser trailer to the Netflix uh, Zack Snyder zombie film, Army of the Dead. And I, I got to tell you, yeah, I know I it's a too. teaser. It doesn't Listen, I love his Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, Romero's one of my all-time favorite films. But his remake's really damn good. Really good. I love that film. Having said that, I just have a problem with the storyline of a band of mercenaries going to Las Vegas to rob a casino during a zombie outbreak. Well, okay, so a zombie's going to be treated like COVID. It's just you just live around them. You just go about your way of life. I I don't like that concept. I do not like that concept at all. I, I did like some of the heck vis- out of me. I, I did like some of the visuals. Of yeah, the, I, I, so. yeah, but I mean, so we, you know, basically, so it's a zombie outbreak. Casinos are open. You can. You, I'm, I'm going to play the slot machines. I it just. I, I just. I don't. Well, I don't we'll get see. it. We'll see. I understand, but it's just, it just seems, I don't know. It seems like, is that really, I, here's the thing. I know I'm not writing, I'm not directing, but if I was writing a script, that's not a direction I, I'm going in, especially if somebody's giving me a hundred million to shoot a zombie film. I gotcha. I, I agree. And, and especially since Resident Evil already has put one of their movies setting was in Las Vegas too. So it's kind of been yeah. done that. So I look, uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I, I will watch it. Um, Chuck, let's uh, let's do fast five before we we get to uh, Ron Howard and his career and an interesting career at that for sure. Um, Chuck, I know what actress that you like, and um, she was a big star on TV for a little bit and uh, became a bit of a movie star. Taya Leone is uh, 50, 55 years old, Chuck. Um of course, now stars on the uh, Madam Secretary. Um, I have a feeling you'll say either Family Man or Deep Impact, but I say Tia Leone. What do you say? Family Man. Yeah, I kind of figured you would. Um, Simply because I never found her more appealing. She's so appealing in that film. I love her in that movie opposite Nicolas Cage, a movie that's really grown on me over time. I do like her in Deep Impact also. She's somewhat, she's miscast in Jurassic Park 3, though. Yeah, she doesn't really add much to that film. I, I'll go deep impact with her. Uh, how about Kate Mara, Chuck? Very appealing actress in the new series I just watched. A teacher on Hulu was very good. She's how about in, We Are Marshall? We Are Marshall. Very young in that, and she was uh, a, te- a cheerleader in that film. She is thirty-eight years old. She is thirty-eight. Wow, boy, yeah. I, it it goes. Uh, do you it find flies. do you find her work better than Rooney, or who do who do who do you, you want to see more on screen? I, I, I like her better. Yeah. Um, she's also one of the Fantastic Four as well. Sue Storm in the uh, in the in the reboot and um, that odd house reboot. And she was in the Mount, in the Martian. She was pretty good in that, too, was one of the uh, astronauts in that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say we are Marshall, too, although her new series is pretty good. How about John Turturro, Chuck, who uh, is 64 years old this week? And the first movie I think of he is 64. huh? Yeah. I think of Quiz Show because he was so darn good. Yeah, in that he's movie. really good in that one. Um, but he's been in so many. Gr- I know you like him in the uh, Adam Sandler movie too, right? I I find him hysterical as the butler in Mister Deeds. <laughs> he could do. He could do. He's funny. Is he is funny? He's really funny. He's so could- funny in that movie. That, I mean, I, I, that's one of those movies. Critics drub it. I was on the floor laughing during. I love that movie. That Mr. movie's Deeds. funny, but how could you not mention? His do the do the right do thing. The right thing. Of course. You and I know guys like him, and and he personified those guys to a yeah. T. Um, 
Here's another great actor. Chuck passed away back in 2012. Uh, Charles Durning would have been 80, uh, 98 years old this weekend. Dog Day Afternoon. The Attica, Dog Day Afternoon. See, I think that and Tootsie. Um, he falls in love. Yeah, he's really good. But, you know, if you look at Dog Day Afternoon, if you really think about, and we talked about this before on the show, the dialogue that he and Al Pacino memorized to go back and forth and it's seamless editing. I mean, so basically just Sidney Lamette let them run on with that dialogue. And he's, he, you know, he's an actor. He was an actor who started acting later in life and he had a really good career. Burt Reynolds was very fond of him. Yep. He teamed up with Burt Reynolds a lot. He did. uh, And even, even did the TV show evening shade with Burt Reynolds. He was, uh, he was his boss in Sharky's machine, right? He's in Sharky. He's in the best little whorehouse in Texas too. Yeah, uh, uh, I think he's in stick. Uh, so he did a lot. You know, Burt Reynolds did a lot with Burt Reynolds. About, one thing about Burt is he took care of his. I, I was going to say that he did. He did. He he's a lot like Adam Sandler in that. He enjoyed the company of, of the people who uh, he, he, he became friends with. Yeah. Uh, Charles Durning was a great, great actor. And last but certainly not least. And this is tough now, Chuck, because he's for a guy who's really not a superstar. He basically has maybe three iconic roles and maybe four some might argue five okay um sean astin is 50 i'm gonna i'll, I'll go with rudy i'll go I, I know a lot of people might say mikey and the goonies but i'll go with rudy because it's such a beautiful film uh, it's yeah. a great character it makes you feel like a million bucks it's a layered script and um you know, he may never win an Oscar, but in terms of following an actor playing a character from A to Z from beginning to end, he's pretty damn good. And Rudy's a great movie. Well, and there's a lot of geeks out there would say Sam in the Lord of the Rings movies. Too. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. But here's the thing, because I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan. But, you know, we talked about, you know, Toy Soldiers, which is a diehard great movie, great clone movie. Uh, from yep. 91. Uh, I'm a big fan of that film. Um, I, I know you interviewed him before. He. By all accounts, he's a really good guy, really good guy. And uh, yep. he's he's been in Stranger Things. Yep. He was, uh, I think he has 100. Wow. I was looking at his I, IMDb. I think he's had 164 acting credits. Pretty impressive. Crazy. Yeah, yeah he's Bob. Good. He was Bob Solid. in uh, season two of Stranger Things and has a really, really horrible ending to his role in that. But very effective ending. Yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, he's to me, it, you know, we just rewatched the Goonies recently, too. And there's so much going on in that movie. That's great. And it's all grounded by the heart of Mikey. I, and I love Rudy. It's hard. And, and toy soldiers. Um, he went through a stage where he had a hard time getting roles. Remember how chubby he got in the war of the roses. He didn't look like a movie star at all in those movies. Yeah. Um, he's had a weird and interesting career, Chuck, that three different generations know who he is from three different iconic roles. Really? Let's face it. Um, oh, great. And he also had a good starring. He was on 24 one season, too. He, he yep. could work on that. Uh, just a just. A, and of course, infamously is a child actor, a son of uh, uh, of uh, Adams. Right. Uh, Adams family and Patty. John Aston and Patty Aston and Patty Duke. So. Yeah. So uh, and uh, just a, a guy who's. A lot of similarities to the person we're going to talk about next. And that's Ron Howard, who's had a career that's spanned so many different generations, Chuck. And I've always been a fan. Um, and yeah, I, me he, too. he's he's one of those directors 
no matter what, you start with a three star movie and sometimes we'll get you three and a half stars. Sometimes we'll make a four star movie, um, especially early in his career. You just know it's not going to be crap. He didn't make a lot of crap. And let's go back, Chuck. Talk about his acting real quick. Obviously, he started on as Opie uh, and Andy Griffith show. Yeah, uh, not a huge fan of that show. I, I would watch it on reruns every once in a while. I was he was very appealing as a child actor in The Music he Man. Was. Uh, yeah. I loved him in The Music Man uh, uh-huh. as a young kid. Um, and then, of course, he'd become a teenager and two roles kind of defined his teenage life. And that would be American Graffiti and Richie Cunningham. And then he would basically become somewhat of a superstar at that point, Chuck. Well, here's the thing. You don't forget the shooters with John Wayne also. The shooters as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, the shooter. He's really good in the shooters. It's a nice um, – that's a nice part for him in, in the last uh, uh, role in the iconic career of John Wayne. That's my favorite. We've talked about this before. That is my – the shooters. I think 73 is my all-time favorite John Wayne movie. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's powerful. It's moving. And it really just sums up the crossroads of Wayne entering another realm in the industry at the last stages of his Western career. It's such a good movie. Um, obviously, Richie Cunningham is an iconic character in a show that I don't know how it would play. I mean, if, if Happy Days never was never aired in the 70s and you try to do that show now, it probably would come across ridiculously corny. And I don't know yeah. if audiences would grasp or buy it, but you know, back in the day, you know, his bond with 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 Henry Winkler's Arthur Fonzarelli character is an iconic bonding and a very special. It's a it's a very special friendship in terms of two TV characters. And then timeline wise, he, he would do that in 74. And then uh, the, the shooters would come out and and he'd make smaller movies like Grand Theft Auto and, and he yeah, well, shooters is what, 73, 76, 76. it's 76. Yeah, yeah. Same year as rock. America yeah. graffiti was 73. So okay. he kind of catapulted off of that into, yeah. and, and so did, uh, I mean, you could argue happy days morphed out of American graffiti, right? It did. It did. And then Cindy Williams would, would end up, you know, yeah. early and, and, and go on from there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I always thought he was very, underrated on happy days is just how funny he was on the show. Well, you too. need listen without him. That's which, which, which nothing. You know, when he left, it wasn't the same show. No, it wasn't. It Ted wasn't. McGinley just, you know, wasn't Ron Howard. No, it wasn't. And uh, you're right. It was the bond between him and, and, and Fonzie that, that they, they figured Although it Ted out. McGinley did well. on married with children. Yeah. Ted McGinley right? did well on married with children. He did yeah. doom the love boat and a couple other shows, but he did well yeah. with, uh, with that. And um, yeah, but then, you know, his first then he'd start directing, you know, he did uh, a movie called Eat My Dust or, or Grand Theft Auto. One of those movies, because uh, he got money from that to start directing his own movie. Uh, I think Eat My Dust was a Roger Corman film that he ended up getting agreeing to it. And then he'd say, all right, now I, I want to start making a movie. Of course, he's a son right. of a longtime actor too, a uh, very recognizable character actor that he would cast a lot. Um, but really, he made his big splash. Um, before Splash, Chuck, and that was Night Shift. I love it. 1982 classic where he would. It is uh, a classic. He, he cast his uh, co-star Henry Winkler against type uh, with yep. a maniac uh, named Michael Keaton, Chuck. And it's a hell of a funny movie. It's a great. I, I listen. I, I that back in the day when there was, a, you know, the, you go to Blockbuster and there was a video box. And you rent a movie. I rented that numerous times and I, I enjoyed the heck of it. Shelley Long's awesome in that movie also. Yes. Yes. Um, well cast. Everything about it, the, the the music they use in that movie. Kevin Costa has a very brief scene. Yep. And the uh, the morgue. 
uh, they, they do it like a party in the in the morgue, as everybody's seen. But uh, that you knew Ron Howard had talent to tell a story, and it was a more simplistic time, right? And it, it really have cap- big it just that those they don't make movies like that anymore. No. That was a really good one. And it started a good relationship with him and uh, And you didn't need huge money to make a good movie, right? No, you need a good script, which is what all the great movies And need. you had talent, you know, I, I remember when Michael Keaton got that role of Billy Lodowski, uh the the idea man. Um the studio was really nervous of his performance and they almost from all accounts, you know, came close to firing him. Because they thought he was just, you know, over the top and out there. But that was Keaton as at his best. That's Keaton. You know, the manic, the manic comic Keaton. Yep. He maybe was never better. Nope. I agree. I agree. And uh, he and Ron Howard captured it on film perfectly. Uh, I, I still uh, I, I laugh at the time when he has the, the tape recorder. And this is Chuck telling Bill to shut up. And he just keeps <laughs> rewinding it. Shut up. I just love that. Um, yeah. And, you know. Ron Howard got out of the gate quick there. And, and they then, played off each other really well, Michael Keaton and Ron Howard. And, I mean, uh, and Henry Winkler in that movie. They did. And then um, then he would cast Tom Hanks in Splash for Disney. And that movie was a monster success, Chuck, making a ton of money. Very funny film. I'm a big fan of it. Daryl Hannah um, and uh, John Candy, Eugene Levy. Lots of funny stuff in this movie, uh, including a well-directed, well-paced fantasy movie that uh, you know that's a big gig for ron howard to get second movie out he's working for disney i agree and then after that that was 1984 by the way the great year of movies of all time uh the very next year he keeps the string going with uh, another fantasy film where uh you get a bunch of old people find some aliens and they they don't get a older chuck that's a huge box office hit another huge box office hit for uh ron howard and it's interesting where that was a time where you could take a cast that was older and yet the appeal of the movie was generational. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. It was uh, a lot. Of, it would be duplicated a lot. I mean, in fact, they made a sequel out of the movie, which they never should have done, but yeah. uh, very well cast again. He shows you his very well casting. Cast. He, he gets Don Amici an Oscar uh, for that movie too. So, uh, and then uh, the very next year, and he's churning out these movies once at a time, one at a time here, Chuck, I'm a huge fan of gung ho uh, about a J- Japanese motor company. It's actually in. a really good story. Very good. Story. That has relevance. Now it still sure has relevance on I mean, You could take the audio industry and bounce it into many different industries. It's a good concept and it's a good movie. And um, it's funny too. Let's face it. Uh, and, and it again, captures Michael Keaton at his best. Uh, and a very funny cast, John Turturro actually in that one as well. I, I I like that movie a lot. Um, nineteen eighty eight, Chuck, an interesting movie. I don't know if I liked it. I did at the time. Willow comes out, Chuck, and this movie would. I know they wanted it to be bigger than it was. Uh, would be well, they wanted off Star ape, Wars. Yeah, they wanted to ape Star Wars. Yep, and and just never took off. Um, it's hard to it's hard to cast a little person in this role. And Val it Kenner, has a very interesting following over time, though. It does. I, I just don't know if it works. I, I, I think Disney Plus is going to do a TV show and bring back Warwick Davis as Willow. Well, that would make some sense, I guess. Uh, Paramount Plus can put it on. They're doing everything else, right? Sure. Uh, Chuck, after that, uh, a great movie got critical. This one, this next movie made it might have been his first critical success. And that was Parenthood. Um when 1989, he perfectly. I love you some parenthood. I tell you, one of the one of the funniest, most emotional scenes in that movie 
is when Steve Martin runs onto the baseball field after yeah. the kid makes his kid makes a catch, right? Yeah, that's and great. he's jumping up and down. Yep. It's so good. That is a really good movie. That's a, again, very layered, very believable. A very adult movie, too. Has some strong adult content. It does. I mean, Diane Weist, uh, very, she got an Oscar nomination for that movie, too, or Golden Globe nomination. No, an Oscar nomination. She got Best Supporting Actress because, you know, that was a very, an older lady, single. Um, You know, she was very good in that movie. Uh, Jason Robards as the, uh, as the as the dad, as the granddad, is Keanu Reeves is in that movie, and, and Rick Moranis uh, Ma- 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 too. Martha Plimpton, what's it from Goonies? Martha um, Martha Plimpton, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's in that funny movie. stuff in that movie. That's a great yeah. movie, and they made Rick a TV Moranis. series out of it too. A different tone in the TV series, but um, Ron Howard produced it as yeah. well. 1991. I know you and I are huge fans of Backdraft. We've talked about that a lot uh, on the show. Nominated for three Oscars, mostly for technical stuff. Chuck and special effects. And, he, and, he, and he's veers into different territory with his movies. He does. He does. He's That's tackling stories that he wants to do. Um, yeah. And he's, ca- you know, what I like about him is he's not afraid to cast big stars in, you know, in an all-star cast. He's done it a lot, whether it's Parenthood, Cocoon, uh, and he will do it again in, in a couple more movies. He's got a really good recognizable cast and every role is layered. And, and I think that's been, you know, very uh, important to him in these movies and backdraft is a big part of that. And the listen, only drawback of backdraft and we talk about it a million times. Yeah. You can't have a fireman be the bad guy. You just can't. No, I, that was a mistake. There's some, there's some errors in script. Yeah. Yep. But it, I got to uh, tell you, Billy Baldwin, you know, never materializes a major player, but he's really good in this movie. Well, think about this too. The movies we're naming here, they're all commercially somewhat successful. Not. Yeah. All, yeah. Not yeah. Crazy. Agree. Um, but uh, all they're not expensive movies. No. And, um, and Ron Howard's name carried these movies. And then it got out of control in 92 to an extent, although I'm a fan. I don't think far and away as far as bad as people will say it is. I'm not a big fan, though. But Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman as yeah. Irishmen and women and, and an Irish couple fleeing to the United I, States. I think the, I think the problem with it is it's a concept. It's a story. I just didn't care about it going in. So it was it's mediocre for me. It, it is interesting to see how his scope gets so big. Yeah. And then he, he really has his first failure with that movie there. Mm-hmm. You, he you does. Know? Um, then he rebounds nicely in a movie you and I both love, a great New York movie, and that's The Paper, another all-star cast, another Michael yes. Keaton-led cast. This is just one Marissa night. Marissa Tomei, Robert Duvall. I love movies that take place in one day. Yeah. And, and they're movie. all trying to hit a deadline. Glenn Close is very good in this movie as well. Yeah. As the somewhat villain. Um, this is very this is like a good old fashioned New York great script movie, Chuck. I'm a big fan. Uh, and then after really that, he, he'd follow it up with um, that was the last uh, pairing of him and Keaton, right? Keaton, Yeah. So they um, did three films. Then he would start getting really big time and he got his first Oscar nomination for Apollo 13. Chuck, some might consider his best movie. Um, Tom well, Hanks he again. was, you know, a career that's growing as a director and growing. Yep. That's probably the pinnacle, right? Yeah. Well, he win the Oscar for a beautiful mind in a couple more years. Oh, yeah, I would say that between the two that yeah. there would be. Um, but Apollo 13, this is the movie your grandfather loves. Your it dad made a lot loves, of money, made a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with this movie at all, Chuck. Nothing. <laughs> I, right. I mean, no, it's a real it's a fascinating story and it's really well told. And again, a really what, good cast. That's right. Once again, very well cast. Uh, Gary Sinise, Kevin, uh, Kevin Bacon, and of course, Bill Tom Paxson. Hanks, Bill Paxson. Uh, I'm a fan of Ransom in 1996. I know I like it. Had some problems with it. I like it, too. I like the fact that Mel Gibson's got a flawed character in this film. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the ending's a little bit shaky, but um, and I, I think they let the cat out of the bag a little bit too early on who the bad guy is, Chuck. But I liked Ransom and I like Gary Sinise in it as well. I thought it was well paced, well directed. I like it. It works for me. That was 96. He'd wait three years to make a movie and he should have waited a little longer, Chuck. Um, Ed TV is not a very good movie. Yeah, well, it's it's was it the same year as Truman Show? It was right. Yes. I mean, that's always that's always the problem. The one that gets more favored or comes out first. The other one usually uh, sort of like Independence Day and Mars Attacks. Yeah. Right. It's like Mars Attacks is like after Independence Day, like, you know. Who cares? It's a flat movie and Matthew McConaughey and it's just uh, and then Dr. Seuss, he would do in 2000. How the Grinch stole Christmas. Well, here's the problem with that film. Um, you're taking a 20 minute uh, idea and stretching it into two hours. And even the best directors, Jim Carrey's outrageously good, yeah. but it's just too much. It's too much. It's like why it would be like watching the Joker and Batman for, you know, two hours without Batman on screen. It's overproduced. And uh, yeah, it's overproduced. Not, ne- not necessary. Yeah. Uh, no. And- the next year he'd win his as his fan base though it does and it's a christmas movie so you're going to see it every year yeah um a beautiful mind comes out in 2001 we've talked about it i think the last two weeks and how much we love this movie it's a great film i'm a fan of the missing which a little scene western with tommy lee jones and kate blanchett i think that's a decent movie too um cinderella man in 2005 i liked it yeah russell crowe but you're starting to see i don't really think he's repetitiveness oscar here yeah, it's a little repetitiveness. And then he would do the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. Chuck. He did that for money. He did that for money. Listen, yeah. it's a highly popular book series. I read all the books. I don't listen. I I, I think the critics were way too harsh. Way on too da hard Vinci on Code. it. I mean, come on. It, it's a very watchable movie. It just and is. It is. And Tom Hanks is very good in it. And it, he's good in right. Angels and Demons is a good follow up, right. too. They're both good right. movies. They're not, yeah, bad. They're, not, they're not bad movies. In between, he would do Frost Nixon. He got some critical claim for that as well. Yeah. That was Frank Langella in the role of the uh, of the uh, Richard. You Nixon. get the you get the feeling as his career went on. His supporters is started to turn on him a little, yeah. like root against him, maybe. Yep, they wanted to the nice guy routines. They wanted Obi to fail, right? Yep, the, the nice guy routines getting old, and then it would really yeah. fail, Chuck. In two thousand and eleven, I don't even know how he decided to put the script of the dilemma to the big screen with Vin Vaughn and and Kevin James, but critics just ripped that movie. It that movie never had a chance. No, two very appealing leads, yeah. and it was a disaster. Dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. Um, Rush is very watchable. That's the indie car racing movie. Very interesting topic of a movie. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Nikki Lauda as the driver. Um, and Chris, you got a great performance out of Chris Hemsworth in that movie too. Thor. Um, nobody's seen it though. Nobody saw it. Nobody. Uh, no. And it's good. You ask, you ask not 10 moviegoers. I guarantee you nine will say what? No. And that's when he started turning to um, d- documentarian. Uh, yeah. Made in America breakthrough, the Beatles movie. Yeah, the Beatles doing. Good. Um, he did direct another uh, Robert Langton, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, 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 da Vinci Code movie in there too. Inferno with uh, Tom Hanks in 2016. It's okay. Not, you know, not the best, not the worst of the series. Yeah. Very forgettable yeah. in the series. Yeah. He did a forgettable movie, though, in the heart of the sea. And I read that book as well. Chris Hemsworth in that about a bunch of New England whaling uh, shipmates and a giant whale terrorizing them. I mean, I'm telling you, you tell you ask 10 people if this movie was ever made. They'll tell you, no, it never was. It's very interesting how uh, 
You know, because we've listen, we've talked about this other than Tom Cruise, whose career has never has gone up and up and up, has never gone down. Almost everybody in this industry, you have your run, then you have a big fall. You just do. Stallone had it, and they all have it. I would say Tom Hanks, too. Tom Hanks has never fallen. Yeah, he's been up. He's been up. Well, Michael Keaton had the big fall. Big up, yeah, big down. Of them, big yeah. up, big down. Right? Uh, Tirol- Tirol- Go watch Jack Frost. All right. Right. Uh, and and, and, and in, in certain ones are able to come back and relaunch and reinvent and, and have a new generation discover their talent. And some get stuck in the mud and they never pull their ankles out. Well, it's interesting you say that because his next movie and one of his last movies is is maybe to try to find that young audience when he was hired as a, a replacement for Solo, a Star Wars story that came out in 2018. Many people right. didn't even realize Ron Howard directed that movie. Yeah. Um, I enjoy the film. Again, it's not uh, I do necessary. too. It's not great, but I enjoy it. I had a good time watching it in the theater. I did too. And I think it falls into the lexicon of uh, unnecessary movies, but it can yes. it, you you could play it against all the other Star Listen, Wars. Listen, not everything has to be great to be good, and there's nothing wrong with good. Uh, and really, he did you know documentary for uh, Pavarotti, which I heard was great. Another documentary, uh, Rebuilding Paradise, uh, about um, wildfires in California. Another documentary, and then last but not least, this year's last year's Hillbilly Elegy, which a lot of people did not like. Um, it got a great performance. Got a Glenn Close gave a great performance, but again, there's nothing in it that would make you say Ron Howard directed this movie. Um, Chuck, he's does got he have about, anything. Does he have anything on Slate? He's got well, the Willow TV series he's in production with. He's going to yeah. help out with that. Okay. He's got a couple of movies. How old called, is he now? He's 66. Okay. Um, and he's got four movies, three announced, one in pre-production. So, so like in uh, Rocky Balboa, I'm sure he's still got a lot of he's fire still got in some the punch in him. Yeah, I think so. Would you I say? Um, the best, I mean, a beautiful mind in Apollo 13. I mean, yeah, I, but my favorite is still night shift. Really? Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think pound for pound. I mean, if we were going to do a top five, I think the paper would be in my top five. I know backdraft would be in my top five. Yeah. I might be go along with you. And, uh, and I love gung ho. I remember seeing gung ho on vacation. And- I remember seeing gung ho in a theater with a big crowd. Yeah. And a lot of laughs. My People mom- responded. When uh, Getty Wannabe, right? Uh, Getty Wannabe, yeah. The, funny. Uh, the 16 Candles, who yeah. had a weird career in and yeah. of itself. So, well, let's hope Ron Howard continues to work. And, um, you know, and he, he's a good guy. You never hear a bad word about him. And he no. continues to churn out great. I mean, he's produced over 113 credits, too, Chuck. Let's, let's pinpoint that he does develop a lot of yeah. great stuff as well. Yeah. So, um, it's an interesting topic. He's 66. He's got. He's got a lot of good years left in him. All right, bud. That's it. Now, that's it? Yeah, I know you're on a high now for everybody going to the theaters. Uh, you go put it to good use now. You're in a good mood. I am. It's uh, Spring is coming. I'm looking forward to a lot of different things. But most of all, I am looking forward to the industry coming back. It's going to be a different. In- we're going to come out of this in, in, as an industry. It's going to be different because streaming obviously has taken hold with cor- the corona pandemic. The studios have gotten what they've wanted, but it's not going to replace the experience of going out with your family on a date, with your kid, sitting in a darkened theater and being enveloped by a good story on a big movie screen. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We'll do have it a all good day. Again. Thank you, friend. It's, it's a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes 
Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
podcast by Federated Media. Podcast by Federated Media.